Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This episode is brought to you by La Quinta by Wyndham. Your work can take you all over the place, like Texas. You've never been, but it's going to be great because you're staying at La Quinta by Wyndham. Their free bright side breakfast will give you energy for the day ahead. And after, you can unwind using their free high-speed Wi-Fi. Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow, you shine. Book your stay today at LQ.com. Is Mondelez International a potential buy now? We're using the Select 6 analysis to look at the most telling financial metrics before estimating a fair value for Mondelez, stock ticker MDLZ, then we're giving a rating to the business. There will be a key bonus metric along the way that just might be the tipping point when analyzing Mondelez for your stock portfolio. This analysis is going to be intense, but it's going to be worth it. Before we get into these valuable metrics, how has Mondelez's stock been performing? Right now, Mondelez trades for $71.06 per share. Year-to-date, their stock price is up 7%. While this is up, this underperforms the S&P 500, which is up 16.5%. Right now, Mondelez pays an above-average 2.16% dividend yield. Their average dividend yield is added to the returns in their stock price. In the last decade, Mondelez is compounding at 6% annually. They're just underperforming the market. Going back before the global financial crisis, in the last 18 and a half years, Mondelez is only compounding at 4% annually. Their average dividend yield over this time is added to any gains in their stock price. Mondelez trades $7 below their 52-week high. The company's up $17 from their 52-week low. Just around 1% of their shares are sold short. Mondelez is a huge business. They have a $97 billion market cap. But the burning question is, why should we be paying close attention to Mondelez? Mondelez has operated as an independent organization since it split from the former Kraft Foods North America grocery business in October of 2012. The firm is a leading player in the global snack arena, with a present in biscuits, which are half of sales, chocolate, 30% of sales, gum and candy, 11% of sales, beverage, which are 3% of sales, and cheese and grocery aisles, which make up 6% of sales. Mondelez's portfolio includes well-known brands like Oreo, Chips Ahoy, Halls, and Cadbury, among others. The firm derives around one-third of revenue from developing markets, 36% from Europe, and the remainder from North America. Now let's dive deep into their numbers. Metric number one, we want their average return on capital in the last five years to be above 14%. The average business earns around a 7% return on capital. Looking for a benchmark that's double this can build in margin of safety based on the quality of the business. Mondelez earns slightly above average returns on capital, coming in in the high single digits. When these are averaged out, they earn 8.6% returns in a given year. While a few percentage points above average, this is well down for the benchmark we're looking for, meaning on metric number one, this is an X. Metric number two, we want to see growth. We're looking for revenue, net income, and free cash flow growth. These all need to be up for this to be a check. We'll include their numbers up until today, which don't get shown on the chart. In this time, Mondelez has grown their revenues by 31.5%. Their net incomes, which were down from 2018 to 2022, are actually up in their last 12 months. They've increased by 25%. The company's free cash flows are also barely up from where they were at in 2018. They're up just 1.5%. 
Still, growth across the board, this is a check on metric number two. Metric number three, we want to see earnings per share growth. This looks at Mondelez similar to it being a private company. In this time, we learned their net income or their earnings have grown by 25%. At the same time, Mondelez has bought back 7.5% of their shares. For existing shareholders, this increases their ownership percentage without them having to spend a dime. Between this earnings growth and these share buybacks, Mondelez has grown their earnings per share. This is a check on metric number three. Metric number four, we want to see free cash flow per share growth. A similar story here, even though their free cash flows are just very, very slightly up, their share buybacks help them out here. This has led to free cash flow per share growth. Another check on metric number four means so far through our first four metrics, we've got three checks and only one X. In recessions, it's businesses with a lot of debt that can have the biggest losses or even go bankrupt. Metric number five, we want their net debt, which is their total debt minus their cash and their short-term investments, to be below the sum of their free cash flows in their last five fiscal years. In this time, Mondelez has increased their net debt position. They ended last year with $21.7 billion of net debt. Since then, they paid this down somewhat, and they are currently at $19.5 billion of net debt. When we add up their free cash flows from their last five fiscal years, the company has only generated $15.2 billion of free cash flow. That's down from where their net debt position is at, meaning this is an X on metric number five. The business is using more debt than we necessarily like to see. This may not be that much of a concern for Mondelez due to the company being a consumer staple business. Similar to other consumer goods companies, they may be able to support having more debt in their business due to the habitual nature of their products and some relative stability. Still, this is something you can dig into and learn more about by reading through the company's filings and understanding their industry in more depth. Before we get to our valuations, we can't forget about our bonus. As our bonus, we want Mondelez's dividends to be supported by their free cash flows. Right now, Mondelez pays an above average 2.16% dividend yield. They've grown their dividends in each of the last five years. In this time, their free cash flows have also supported their dividend. Their dividends have grown faster than their free cash flows, meaning they have a higher dividend payout ratio than they had in 2018. Still, it looks like they're comfortably able to support their dividends in all five of these years, and that's the same case today. This is exactly what we're looking for. This is a check on our bonus. Now let's estimate their fair value. The big metric of them all, metric number six, we want Mondelez's average five-year free cash flow divided by their enterprise value to give us a yield that's above 5%. If this is the case, this gives a slight risk premium to the yield of the 10-year treasury. It's the first of two different ways we're estimating a fair value for Mondelez. Right now, the company has a $116.5 billion enterprise value. This accounts for both their market cap and their net debt position. It looks at the company similar to it being a private business. In the last five years, we learned they generated $15.2 billion of free cash flow, meaning they generate around $3 billion in an average year. When that's divided by their enterprise value, we get around a 2.6% average free cash flow to enterprise value yield. On a current basis, they generated $2.9 billion of free cash flow in their last 12 months. When that's divided by their $116.5 billion enterprise value, it gives us around a 2.5% current free cash flow to enterprise value yield. Both of these are coming in below the yield from the 10-year treasury. They're also below the risk premium we're looking for. This means on metric number six, this is an X. Don't just throw the business out. We still need to estimate their fair value per share and talk about our rating. Everything we've discussed so far is important, but there's something missing that in my opinion is the main reason to analyze Mondelez. This takes us on to using a discounted cash flow model to estimate their fair value per share. A DCF model is based on the predictability of a company's free cash flows. Like any model in any discipline, its outputs are sensitive to its inputs. 
We're starting with an average of Mondelez's last three fiscal years worth of free cash flow, then using historical assumptions to grow these into the future. It's up to you to figure out if these will be accurate or not for Mondelez. Assuming they grow these free cash flows at 5% annually for the next 10 years, then in the following decade, assuming that these grow at 4% annually, we won't add in their tangible book value as that may be skewed based on how the accounting's done for their business. If we want a 15% rate of return, which is what Warren Buffett looks for from his investments, from today's valuation multiples, if these are the same 20 years into the future, it looks like an estimate of Mondelez's fair value is around $19 per share. That's down a lot from their current stock price. Keep some very key points in mind. Mondelez is currently trading toward the high end of their historical valuations. Right now, they're trading for nearly 24 times earnings. This fair value is based on their free cash flows. It assumes the company doesn't get help from any multiple expansion. Also, a 15% rate of return far outpaces how the company's performed in their last decade as a standalone business from Kraft Foods and historically when they were part of that business. This discount rate includes both their average dividend yield and any potential gains in their stock price. Most importantly, this analysis is not financial advice. It's not a buy or sell recommendation of any security. Consult with your financial advisor before making any investment decision. In just a minute, we'll give our rating to Mondelez, but we need to address something first. We've covered the numbers, but the qualitative factors may be even more important for this business. Why don't we find out what they are? Looking at the factors supporting a long thesis, number one, Mondelez's strategic shift to empower in-market leaders and fuel investments behind its local jewels, which historically have been starved in favor of its global brands, stands to insight growth in emerging markets for some time to come. Number two, the firm is laser-focused on extracting inefficiencies from its business and will likely maintain an eye towards shedding non-core stockkeeping units to reduce complexity. We saw some of that just recently as the company's filings revealed that they sold their entire stake in Keurig Dr. Pepper, an investment that they had held for some time. Number three, management has suggested it won't sacrifice profit improvement merely to inflate its near-term sales profile, which is beneficial to shareholders. But we'd be remiss if we didn't cover the negatives of their business as well. Let's look at the factors supporting a short thesis. Number one, supply chain disruptions could impede Mondelez's ability to get sufficient levels of product to store shelves, straining its relationship with leading retailers. Number two, heightened competition in snacking could prompt a pullback in impulsive purchases of chocolate and other confectionery offerings if consumers opt for healthier fare. Number three, 28% of its employees in the United States and 50% outside its home turf operate under collective bargaining agreements. With labor constraints providing a stranglehold on a vast array of businesses, Mondelez could suffer as these contracts are renegotiated. There you have it for a balanced perspective of some of the qualitative factors of their business. Now let's talk about our rating. We learned by analyzing Mondelez, stock ticker MDLZ, the company earns slightly above average returns on capital. They have grown both their revenues and their earnings, and their free cash flows are just barely up. At the same time, the company's bought back 7.5% of their shares in the last five years. It looks like the company uses more debt than what their free cash flows are able to support. That may or may not be a potential issue. Mondelez has supported a growing dividend in all of the last five years and today using their free cash flows. Keep in mind this isn't financial advice. Right now, Mondelez's free cash flow to enterprise value yields don't look attractive compared to the 10-year treasury. When we performed our discounted cash flow analysis, based on these assumptions, if you want a 15% rate of return, if their current valuation multiples are the same 20 years into the future, an estimate of Mondelez's fair value per share is around $19. 
The company last traded closest to those levels in spring of 2009. Again, that's very different from their business performance in the last couple of decades. Since being spun off from Kraft Foods, the business has underperformed the market. When we look at all the factors of our analysis, Mondelez looks like a modest candidate for further research. The company may be a stable and reliable dividend payer, but it seems we're unlikely to see outsized returns. Thank you so much for learning about Mondelez with me. Subscribe to the channel for more stock analysis videos and share your thoughts in the comments below.